Breaking news. She was a small town girl. She was living in a lonely world. (laughs) Also breaking, he was a city boy. He was born and raised in South Detroit. That's a speech thing I learned. To read it like a newscaster? No, that someone was just telling me that people... She had a project in a speech class where you had to, like, just talk a song. So, like, poetry? <clears throat> Not really. Po- like, you you were supposed to just read it as, like, serious and, like, deadpan as possible. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. L- That's like, some- actors do this? No. I mean, they just said it was, like, a good way to become a better public speaker. Oh, okay. And then I tried it, and it just came out as newscaster. <laughs> that you're going to be like, details at 11. Details at 11. Details on the city boy at <laughs> 11. Uh, breaking news, city boy shot and killed in Detroit. <laughs> Stay tuned, Action 77. Born uh, and raised and shot dead. <laughs> welcome back to Comics Corner. What's been happening, man? How you been doing? Doing good. Been reading some Preacher I just told you about. Uh, past few issues, pretty crazy. Um, We've talked a little bit about Preacher in yeah, the past, right? A little bit, because I had read the, the first seven books. Um, and then we were talking about Seth Rogen, yada yada. Yeah. Shout out Seth Rogen. Big vase guy now. Loves pottery. The, yeah, I, he, I love that he makes pottery. It's it's There's something about it that like makes me sleep sleep better at night. Knowing yeah. that he's ripping awesome ashtrays and stuff. I, oh, no, he collects ashtrays. That's what it is. He collects and makes. The, yeah. What a multi-talented guy. D- yeah, he's a quadruple um, threat. <laughs> so you've been continuing on Preacher, though. How's it going? Continuing picking on Preacher? Up? It's picking up. Uh, well, granted, this book is from the mid-90s, so I'm a little late to the game. It's funny. These, well, book, these books actually sat on my shelf for the past, like, I don't know, six years, and this is the first time I picked them up. Yeah, it's definitely a book that I think everyone recognizes. It's one of those things that it's like a movie that everyone knows and you know, like lines and stuff from it, but you've maybe never seen it. Yeah, you know, oh, there's, and there's things some crazy that you're just lines. Like, the writing in this book is kind of crazy. Yeah, was it Garth Ennis? Yeah, yeah, dude. He's an interesting cat. Um, the things he chooses to write, but it's 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 uh, you know, there's some social commentary in there, and I think it's a, it's a good book. It, but right now, um, there's an organization that basically it's sort of like some Da Vinci Code type stuff where there's the Always Holy Grail involved. That, dude. Yeah, there's a love there's a, love ancient lore. Ancient bloodline, you know, Hell Jesus yeah. bloodline that whole that mm-hmm. old chestnut. Um they, any story where Jesus is fucking dude. Yeah. Uh, um so they're trying they hear that um Jesse Custer has this ability, you know, the word the word oh, of God. Oh, she's the the Holy Grail basically. Jesse's the pre- Jesse's preacher. Oh, Jesse is Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I thought there was a girl in it that had that's, some superpowers. That's too. Tulip. She doesn't have any powers though. Maybe uh, she's maybe just she, a girl. Maybe she eventually uh, gets a power. But she did get shot in the head in one of these issues and is still alive. Yeah, she. she I call that strong will well, superpower. She was dead, but then like met God like in a in a room, like a waiting room, like a purgatory what type they, deal. How they draw God? Um, I think they drew him two different ways. The one was like very like um, old kinda, school. Yeah, but like very just like perfect man not so much old man but like perfect man long mm. hair um but he Correct. the thing about god in this book is that he's like he's left heaven he's like 
on the, oh he left he's on the lamb like yeah so like there that's another reason why like all this crazy shit has been happening but Tulip gets shot in the head with a shotgun dead and then is brought back to life uh, by God kind of interesting well, there's his hand let me find a picture of uh, the God type character but yeah pretty nuts um, and so yeah but they, they think Jesse's power they don't think he's like the descendant of God but they know about this power they think they know about Genesis which was the angel that gave him this power and it's, so, uh, things are heating up. Dude, it sounds it sounds thrilling. Are you going to watch the show? I do plan on watching the show once I read a couple more books. Actually, I, I mean, I've read this. I think this led up to like issue like 18 or 19. So I think I'd probably get enough to start the show. I know there's at least two have, seasons, right? I think so. Have we... Do you have any knowledge of how um, how true to the book is it? Like the show? Oh, that I don't know. I, I've heard just from... From you know secondhand that like there are some like lines directly from there in certain situations, but that's why I, I that, that's why I'm really into lately. Like yeah. I remember when I did the V, we did the V for Vendetta episode. I my whole thing was like oh, I want to read the book and compare it to the movie. Like it's just kind of fun to see. You're, those you're really good about that. You're yeah. like a very true. You're appetizer dinner dessert. <laughs> I'm you a know? meat and potatoes guy. Yeah, me. Let's do the Sunday bar first. We figure it out after that. I want the spoilers immediately. I was about to say, that's like, yeah, just jump, jump it on YouTube, see what happens. Yeah, let's just see what happens in this whole let's, thing. Let's see what series can just um, find out quickly, quick information, So, which is fine. You want to get into a little bit of news we got coming? Yeah, man. Have hit me with it. Have you seen any of the new Eternal stuff? Any of the new trailers popping off? I didn't dude? see any of those trailers. I heard something about how... Uh, like Angelina Jolie's character is like Thanos's cousin or some shit. No. So what it is is basically there are the Celestials. Yeah. Their job is to create life on planets. Gotcha. They start a project and create the Eternals to kind of make sure it all works out. They're like the foreman. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're the foreman of the planet. So Thanos is technically an eternal, but That's he's an right. eternal for the planet Titan. Oh. So planets had their own eternals. Any planet that has life on it was technically seeded by the uh, Celestials. Then the Celestials create a set of eternals that in the comics are actually a lot more kind of robotic and they're just more, like, programmed to be... They fight off whatever bad shit that gets put on the planet first, that kind of the failed projects that are just still wandering about, and then they make sure that, like, the population exists. So uh, do are they going to go over all that in the movie? Yeah, I think we're going to cool. finally get... You get glimpses of it in movies like... Guardians of the Galaxy, when the Collector explains a little bit about the Infinity Stones, then I think it is maybe Infinity War when you get Wong explaining more about the Infinity Stones, and then a little bit in Guardians 2 with Ego, who's technically like a rogue celestial. Oh, okay. Who just kind of wanted to control everything instead of just... Seeding life and letting it exist, and we'll, maybe we'll see some of these characters show up. In yeah, the movie? we're gonna. Oh. So I don't think we're gonna see ego necessarily showing up in this one. It might be like a small offshoot or something. Um, 
But I think it'll be good. Um, the trailers give me a lot more hope. Cool. I was originally not super into it, but now I'm like, all right, let's see what's happening. Right. What uh, what are your thoughts on Venom Two? Oh yeah, so that was the other. I've seen I've, they've been plugging the shit out of that movie. Oh, man. such a Sony move, dude. It's classic. I forget which Spider-Man it is, but it, there was one Spider-Man that had so many trailers. It played almost. I think they calculated it to like seventy-two percent of the movie was just from the. Oh, from, really? There were so many trailers That's for the movie <laughs> that it was just basically the movie. Like if you cropped them all together, you could make the movie. Yeah, you could just save like eight bucks. <laughs> that was the bootleg. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think there's so many trailers for it. I don't have super high hopes necessarily they they just they're trying to make it work they really really want it to to work um venom is just a cool character and they know people it's gonna put asses in seats and 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 carnage i also wonder if they're buying time for you know getting tom holland what uh oh okay because they want him so i'm wondering if this is the last spider-man movie for our marvel spider-man i think they kind of alluded to that I heard a rumor that, or at least that Tom Holland wasn't going to do it anymore. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, I totally get a tr- great trilogy. Spider Man is always going to be around. Sony's never going to get rid of it because it's just such a cash cow on product alone. It was the only thing that made Marvel any money for a long time. Yeah. So, which wasn't much. So, Sony is never going to let that go. And I don't think we're going to get a third signing on a crossover contract, honestly. But what have you been thinking about what if? I'm liking what if. Yeah, it's it um the the Thor one was fun. It wasn't like a, you know, real serious like almost like, like the Doctor Strange one was pretty heavy. This was yeah. a little lighthearted, but the ending was with like was uh, it like is it Ultron? Dude. So it's King Ultron with the infinity oh spoilers spoilers guys sorry uh king ultron with all the infinity stones and he opens up the mask and it's vision's face right which is very odd because that's not how ultron necessarily works like ultron's not a suit it's an android well, yeah, but that's it, that's what he was creating in Age of Ultron. Like he was going to put his consciousness into that. I agree. Body. Yeah, but it's just weird that why it's like a Russian nesting doll of androids. It's right. like if I crack open this android, there's a second android. Well, that's interesting. And inside yeah. of Vision, there's a little man. <laughs> I mean, it just that part was just. I get it. I totally understand the concept of it because then there's that shock factor. I get where you could play it off as if the Ultron face part is an extra shield for where, you know, main memory is stored or the fucking Infinity Stones or whatever. Or you thought it was cool. It's a cool man. Yeah, he he was just sitting there as an android and he's just like, this is fucking cool. (laughs) Tony Stark will be so jealous. Isn't he going to be the focus of the next episode too, I think? Who? Vision? King, King Ultron. Oh, that I don't... I, th- I saw something on Marvel. I think it said that was going to be this week's episode. Interesting. Interesting. I'm, Which is cool because it's going right from the Thor episode. Yeah. Because that was like, dude, yeah, what's going on here, you know? I'm wondering how... Because I think they're going to be leaving us a lot of cliffhangers for 
a finale as well as for season two. Because it's doing, I think it's doing really well, and people are pretty perceptive to it. I don't think they were sure how a cartoon was going to go over. Yeah. Because I just found out Hulu's still rocking two Marvel shows that I have never watched. Modoc. Modoc, yeah. What's and Hitmonkey is coming out. I'm not familiar with that. <laughs> so Hitmonkey is just a really obscure, um, kind of R-rated comic about a, what are those monkeys in China that like sit in the hot water jacuzzis and look all like, you know what I'm saying? They got like kind of the reddish face okay. and they're like white or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So one of those monkeys obviously is also a insane martial artist and hitman. Nice. So he wears like a little suit and shit. So it's animated, I take it. Yeah, it's an animated <laughs> show. But I didn't realize Hulu was still pumping out product, but it makes sense because they want to do R-rated or more mature stuff. They just can't do it on Disney Plus. Yeah. Can't do it on Disney Plus, and they own Hulu. Disney does? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know if I realized that. Yeah. I think it's a subsidiary somehow, but... Well, everything in this entire planet's owned by, like, five companies. So. Yeah, I was I was just talking about one of those food maps to someone where it just shows you that Nabisco or Frito-Lays owns, like, all your shit. Oh, yeah. That's everything. But back to what if... What do you, if we get King Ultron back, what are you hoping to see? Uh, what would be nice is kind of like almost like a, well, it won't be like a tribute to like some of the older comics. Like I've, I've been reading a run with Ultron. I think it was like Ultron two or three or something. And uh, it was like, a, it was right when Vision started coming around too in the comics and they defeat him. Yeah, because I think they've always been. But but this twinsies. is a what if comic, so they're probably going to do something crazy like, I don't know, like maybe he's running the show on planet Earth. Who knows? Maybe he's in a Led Zeppelin trippy band. Maybe he, that would be sweet. Yeah, why not? Dude. Why the heck not? That would be the best twist of. <laughs> I just want one of the episodes to not be good yeah. and just be off the rails. Yeah. What if Scott Lang just wasn't a criminal or like never got went to jail in the first place? Yeah. And, and he just, just works like, like a normal job. Yeah, he just works at a very regular job. And he's just like the whole show is just him reading headlines and he's like, Wow, honey, aliens attacked New York. I'm so glad we don't live there. Right. That's I amazing. Don't have to deal with that. Yeah. That is a good question. What was Scott Lang up to during the original, you know, uh attack on New York in the first Avengers? In jail. That's right. Okay. He was in jail. That they should make a, a movie about that. Him just in jail and like, <laughs> like him watching oh. it on TV. Damn, that's crazy. And then he just is murdered in kinda, jail. Kind of glad that I'm in jail right now. Yeah. yeah. No, that's the thing. Is they're sitting there in the the yard or whatever, watching a little telly, and everyone's like, "Wow, you know, that's crazy." Scott Lang's like, "Dude, thank God we." Thank God, at least we're locked up here. As soon as he says it, a guy walks by, shivs him. Yeah. Spoke too soon. And Spoke too yeah, soon. Run, roll credits. <laughs> roll credits. That's well, a great episode. Why was he originally in jail, though? That's what I can't remember. He was originally in jail because he... He was like a bank robber. a jewel thief or something. In the MCU version, he did it out of noble causes. He was taking down like some big tech firm or something that, or some kind of like 
social justice shit where it was like someone was stealing a bunch of money from people basically and it was probably on some fraud shit and he just like crashed their server but they were like yeah this is a huge company dude you're going to jail well okay well that makes sense but uh backtracking a little bit jewel thieves thought they were are, are they still around is it, yeah, is it a thing do people jewel thieves, do people make a living off this jewel thieves do exist have you ever watched i think jewel thieves because here's the thing. If you're going to be a jewel thief, you got to have a fence. You have to what? You got to have a fence. A fence is someone that sells the jewels for you. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like who's buying up all these jewels? Uh, well, the fence. <laughs> and then the fence knows people who's really... Why is he called really, the fence? Because it's the in-between. The hurt? Oh, okay. The person who gets the jewels and the person who receives the jewels. Like a broker or whatever. Yeah, it's a broker. You get in a couple more hands, a little more plausible deniability. How do you know stuff. so much about this? Dude, because jewel Is theft Pink Panther and, your favorite and movie? art theft are so <laughs> fucking cool. I'm, I'm familiar with art thievery, but like jewel, it's like, why jewels? Who's buying them? Is it like a status thing? Like, oh, I feel like a lot of it is... Like you can't show people because then, like, they're like, no, yeah, they're they stolen. They still show them off. They just do it overseas in places that we don't even think about. Yeah, it's not <laughs> like someone went to the Grammys and is like, check this out. And they're like, that looks like the jewel from Little Uzi Vert's head. And they're like, well, it's not. <laughs> well, it's on my hand, yeah. not my head. When, how long how before, could that be, you dumb How idiot? long before someone plucks that thing off his head, like, while he's sleeping? Like, with It the- already fell out. It's it, out. it fell out. It fell out at a show, but he got the diamond. It's in. It's it was just in on stage. Pure insanity. Yeah, dude. It's just like wild. So if someone were to like break into his house and steal while he was sleeping, apparently it was relatively easy. Yeah, I mean, at least he got it. I would have. There would have been a part of me that just been like, "Damn, that sucks, dude." That diamond was like forty million dollars. That's a great art theft or yeah. jewel heist. And it's pink, like the Pink Panther. Oh, wow. And Lil Uzi Vert's cartoonish, again, like the Pink Panther. He is cartoonish, yeah. That would be, he is almost kind of like a, a Pink Panther villain. Like someone <laughs> that the Pink, or I don't know, is Pink Panther the villain? I've never seen those stupid fucking movies. <laughs> well, the movies I never really liked. I like the cartoons. I never really watched the cartoons. In the cartoons, that's what I'm saying. The cartoons were dope. No, I don't consider no, he that. He was just like a panther that got into hijinks. The that one, there French was a, bullshit of a movie from the original? Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm that's, talking cartoons, that's baby. Brutal. No, the cartoon, he's being, the ones that I've seen, he's like being hunted. Why? He's always being hunted. Yeah, they want to skin his ass, dude. He's a pink panther. You know how rare that is? Oh, that was, yeah, that's true. Damn. That's what the cam- <laughs> That's what the infamous Cameron jacket's made of. The pink panther. <laughs> Uh, oh, the fuzzy one? Yeah, yeah dude. <laughs> but let's get back. We'll get back onto some comics here because you want to talk about something, and then you brought it up to me, and I was like, dude, I'm into that as well. Yeah. My What's the guy's name? Lou Pramata? Bra- uh, Bruno. I got it right here. Bruno Primani. From Italy. He was an Italian artist, and he did nice. all the covers for like, the like first. Like Leonardo. Yeah. He did um, Raphael. He did all the covers for the original uh, first run of Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol is fucking sick. I've been yeah. watching the show. We've never talked about it on this show. Yeah, we haven't really talked about Doom Patrol. The show or the comic. Um, and I and then I did some research on like the the main characters. 
and all their origin stories are fucking awesome. Like really oh, interesting. Yeah. Like the Elastigirl, which is kind of strange. Like was just like Incredibles just ripped that off like straight up. Like <laughs> yeah, Doom Patrol. I feel like it was almost a joke thing. So they were just Disney was like, like who gives a let's, fuck? Let's run with it. Yeah, but Elastigirl, when uh, the way she got her powers, she was like an actress slash model or yep. whatever, and was exposed to some. It was a photo shoot at a volcano, and the the gases or whatever she was exposed to gave her these powers. Very dope. Classic volcano gases making you elastic. Uh, then you got Robot Man that was like a race car driver. It was in a horrific accident. I mean, all these really interesting, cool, like, you know, origin stories, which I, everyone loves. No, I agree. I think the casting they did on the show, too, works really well. They got uh, Brendan Fraser, Robot Man. He's great. The show is also very campy. I could see so that. So before yeah. I get into the casting, it's a ultra campy show, but it works because it's a mix of a like 1960s Batman almost, but then with like kind of wonky CGI and a lot of just like cursing. Okay. So oh, the CGI is not great, huh? It's it's not bad. It's just kind of like weird and wonky, but it almost feels like it's meant to be that way. It's very CW and it's not like holding back. So they're just like, whatever the budget is, let's go for it. So who plays the uh, the negative man in that? Negative man is played by Matt Bomber, someone who helped teach me about jewel heists and fence from the show White Collar. Dude, that's crazy. It all came full circle. Full circle. Guys, we did this on purpose, actually. Yeah. And, dude, Matt Bomber rips in it, though. He's super good. Uh, plays negative man. Again, you don't ever see his face. So yeah. Do it. But you see him in some flashbacks and shit like that. Yeah, and he had a cool origin story, too. Yeah. Was he gay in the comics, too? I don't know. I, uh, I highly doubt it because this, this, this was the 60s. Dude, it could be. But the, the his, his um, origin story was pretty interesting, mostly for the fact that um, he got his powers, like... It was the the their leader, the chief. Yeah, like it was an accident, quote unquote. But he like caused the accident. That's almost what, like an unbreakable, you know, uh, Samuel L. Jackson type scenario. Yeah, he, he created. I think that is spo- a little bit of a spoiler for the show, but it's from season one, and there's three seasons, so you know, you three should, seasons of what? Of uh, Doom Patrol. Oh, there's three. Yeah, there's three oh, seasons. Damn, I got some catching up. But to you do. learned that. Yeah, that doc played by one of the fucking dudes who was uh, goddamn motherfucking 007 James Bond. Oh, Tim- is it Timothy Dalton? Timothy Dalton. He's great. Yeah, he's good. How many Bonds was he? Just like, like one- three. He was like, like three, three. of them. Yeah. Um, they call him the Chief. Is that his name? Call on the him show? the Chief. And he's doing a wheelchair. Yeah. But this is cool, too. So, like, yeah. So, anyways, his origin story, the negative man flying this jet, and he was exposed to, like, some radioactive material like up in, like, the stratosphere or whatever. But I'm pretty sure it went on to say that he, like, knew um, he knew Hal Jordan. Like, there's some sort of connection there because they were both, like, aircraft Yeah, pilots, I can believe that. Which is pretty cool. He always, uh, no, you know, those connections. Something I had heard about the show, or not the show, but just Doom Patrol in general, is the fact that it was... Maybe Stanley ripped it off a little bit for the X Men, uh, the, the Doom Patrol. Yeah, I could see that. Um, well, no, because no, this I think the first issue came out in '64. I think we should. Oh, Negative Man says appeared in My Greatest Adventure number eighty. Oh, so that's what it is. So it was. Um, 
That was what the title was originally. Cause, My Great Adventure? Yeah, because Doom Patrol Volume 1 actually... Um, volume 1 picks up at number 84. That's the first issue of Doom Patrol, okay, is so number 84. It's, you know, like the, there's definitely... I definitely think Stan yeah, Lee this might was, have. This was 63, so this was right before that shit came out. Or My Greatest Adventure was around before that. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm looking at these later issues. That's crazy. But not surprising, Stan yeah. Lee. Stick classic Stan. Stan the man stealing your plan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I imagine he just, he's just walking through offices and that's how he talks. He's like, you're out like this. Yeah. He's like a weird Dr. Seuss esque like character that just is like, <laughs> oh, they're like, uh oh, guys, Stan's coming. Pull out the bad work. And they just yeah. like are pulling out fake art to be. What, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't that a family guy? Like, what, uh, what in the hell? Where's your good stuff? Thomas Edison just stole everyone's invention. It's like, what is? What are you working on over here? He's like, it's the light, light bulb. Yeah, yeah, I invented that. Me, Thomas Edison. <laughs> that is so true, though, because a lot of that stuff, it's, it's like in anything you invent, it's like if someone does the same thing and just does it louder, unfortunately, yeah. you're going to lose. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Real quick. Uh, it was actually Doom Patrol 86 it starts. It starts Not at 86? Coming off of My Greatest Adventure... Um, so while I got the, the internet machine up, my greatest adventure volume one came out in the late fifties. Boom. Stanley stole. Yeah. 55 to 64. But there was some original issues before it says, uh, oh yeah, it did focus on the doom patrol. That's cool. Dude. Yeah. He ripped that shit off. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. I guarantee you it's cause I think his wife was like a huge supporter. So she was probably like, Stan, you got to do it. You gotta just rip them off. You go- Wait, no, she was British, remember? S- Stanley. Yeah, you, there you, you go. You go into those offices and you find the best strutter. The best strutter in the whole <laughs> office, Stan. And when he's at lunch, you steal all his work. And call it the X-Men. But, but Eleanor, <laughs> they've already done 84 issues. Stanley, they'll never know. Also, you can even keep a wheelchair. <laughs> yeah, dude. He is in a wheelchair. I'm looking at a picture of the chief right now, whose name is Niles Calder. Very British. Yeah. Timothy Dalton was the perfect casting for that just because he's the suave, older British guy. He is kind of a suave, older British dude. For some reason, I thought he'd be older. I like him. In, I mean, he's pretty old. He's in his probably late 60s, early 70s. I don't know. I mean, in today's world, people are living to two, yeah. 300 years. I like uh, Timothy Dalton in um, Hot Fuzz. He's the one guy who runs the grocery store. Like they, the whole time, like oh. you think that it's him, but it's actually him and a bunch of other people. <laughs> What's the other movies from that? Isn't that like a tri- supposed to be a trilogy? Well, it's the uh, you know it's uh, Simon Pegg and yeah. Nick Frost, and the other guy writes it, but he's not in Edgar something. He I thought it he's was not in the movies. Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. Yeah. Yeah. He's a dr- big director. He was fun fact on Edgar Wright. We'll tie it back to comics, so no one can fucking complain. That's not a comic show. Edgar Wright was actually the original director of Ant-Man. Was he? Um, He was. He had some issues with Marvel, little creative differences. They had whoever the director is now, who's stayed on board, jumped in and finished the movie. And that's why a little bit of Ant-Man 1 just kind of seems different than Ant-Man 2 was, if that makes sense. Uh, Like, tonally, I guess. But... Yeah, he was the director of those. And I know, I swear I thought it was Shaun of the Dead, which I 
my favorite of them. Uh, I love Shaun of the Dead. I've seen it like a million times, but I really like Hot Fuzz, Big, which which, I, which I was like the next one, I believe. That was the second. Hot Fuzz, I feel like, needs a rewatch. Hot Fuzz is great, dude. I love that movie. I think I got to Shaun of the Dead um, too late. Not too late, but after it had been out for a while, and Hot Fuzz was basically just coming out. Yeah. So I saw Shaun of the Dead and then saw Hot Fuzz right away, and I... At the time, just seeing them back to back, I love Shaun of the Dead more. I could see that for sure. But I, then, uh, but no, the, the World's End's great too. That, is, that's it. I think. That I think World's End awesome. is the kind of final wrap up of that. Yeah, World's End was really, really good. I never saw it. It's it's fun. It reminds me of Lakewood because the whole thing is they're trying to do this bar crawl, twelve which is twelve pubs in one you know twelve pints in one night. That's Lakewood's official workout plan. Yeah, dude. Like, you know, it just reminds... And, like, they all go back to their hometown. Like, they all live, you know, in London or whatever. And they go back to yeah. their small little shitty town. And something's not quite right. And I, it's aliens. More or less. But I don't want to ruin it for you. Well, I think I... I'm, I've watched a whole YouTube thing about the okay. series. Because <laughs> I, I know I know about it. Well, the way that Edgar Wright shoots those movies is always really cool. Like the angles he does and stuff. And, and that's like, where I think the, they were all like connected. makes it kind of dramatic, but it's a, a comedy. Like, yeah, the that, shooting style is very dramatic. I think that with and there's the, also sick fight scenes in all of them. With the trilogy, I think that was the plan of it was to make comedies with different genres blended into like each one of them and he does it great yeah there's like dude yeah there's there's action in them like oh. there's, there's a sick fight scene in all those movies and then yeah there's a little bit of mystery like it's it's great they do all reel you in to a point that you're like yeah i enjoy this it's not a movie that you usually turn off and the world's end is great too because you know nick frost is usually the the dumpy like dumb guy character like kind of loserish. but in this movie it's like totally turned around <clears throat> excuse me He's more buttoned down. He's like the most professional out of the group. Nick and, Frost. Yeah, and Simon Pegg is like the loser, like kind of dude. He's he's stuck in like in 1990. What a stretch. Rocking his Sisters of Mercy <laughs> t-shirt. Whoa, dude. That Sisters of Mercy tee is probably pretty pricey now, though. Probably, yeah. Who's That's laughing now? Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. He won again. Fuck you, Simon Pegg. No, but definitely give uh, World's End a watch. It's a good one. I should watch World's End. And like I said, I want to give Hot Fuzz a... Uh, rewatch too, because I feel like without um, without having Shaun of the Dead so in my head, I think I would enjoy it. And I feel like they have really good subtle jokes, and they have good oh, little yeah. gags and bits that kind of play out through the whole movies. That if you're paying attention, you can watch them a couple times and be like, "Oh shit, dude, that's this oh, yeah. is that." Yeah, you notice things for sure. It was all. Written very well. Well, Simon Pegg's terrific because he's definitely in the like fandom culture of you know comic books and you know more you know uh, sci-fi media and shit like that. You know he was a big Star Trek fan. That's why he was stoked when he got to do the Star Trek movie. And then also he, him and Nick Frost were both involved in uh, the Tintin movie. Oh, uh, I like that Tintin, Tintin movie. Tintin was sick, dude. The the animation is like very like it, it like I, I can't even describe it. Like how real it looked. I've never seen anything like it. The way they shot that movie, it was really cool. Dude, there's supposed to be a damn Sandman show coming out. Really? On Netflix, I believe. And I'm trying to look it up, but it's only pulling up. <clears throat> I think I'm going to pick up some Sandman books because, I mean, I know they're dope and, the, you know, like it's just like a real popular title. But I was reading this at the bar the one day and the, the bartender, you know, we started talking comics. She's like, yeah, I love Sandman. And, you know, that's oh, another yeah. Vertigo title, you know, so... Um, 
Yeah, I want to get this. The first book is Preludes and Nocturnes, and then she said the second one's really good too, The Doll's House. Yeah, if you grab that book underneath that, does it like does it go like chronologically in this book? Like, um, so in that one, this book is mostly just like about it, but you'll if you look through it, it has a bunch of the art that is just really cool. It's almost more vignette style where you get little glimpses into other stories, other things happening, and get different perspectives. Some of it comes back around. Some of the story arcs are a little bit longer and a little bit more focused on, what is it, the 70s or something? This is the, the, that Cain and Abel panel from Sandman. Remember that? Did yeah. you, you got that part in the book, right? I wonder what the reference to this is. Oh, that Cain and Abel exists, that this deals with a lot of those. Cain and Abel are the guardsmen for... What is it? Uh, the Valley of the Dead or something? Right. And yeah, they have, you know, this involves like Constantine. This is like the deepest part of all that. Oh, so they're in these Sandman comics. Yeah, there's DC characters pop up. There's a. Um, Very cool. Yeah, you get random little things where you see stuff, but it's just more subtle. Very cool. <clears throat> yeah, I, I would also very much like to read. I wish there was like a nice hardback of it. The, um, I'll, I'll go to the comic book shop today and I'll let you know. Because I got nothing else to do. Um, she said the one thing that bothered like, yeah, like the artwork's great, but like he changes the artists in a lot of the books. It's And so like he's like, oh, you really like one person's style. And then he like changes it up on you. I think the reason for that, it works. It works with Sandman really well because when they're changing it up, it's changing up a story. It gives it. It's like if, what was that fucking, um, that Western one that the Coen brothers came out with where it was like a bunch of different stories? Oh, yeah, Buster Scruggs. Buster Scruggs. It's kind of like that when they do vignette movies of different directors. So you know it's different because it visually looks different. Yeah, so he's doing it on purpose. Yeah, yeah it's definitely sense. done on purpose. But from my understanding, because I've read through that book, the explainer book of it, um, basically that... When stories are continuous and there's a couple chapters that all connect together, you know, it's an internal problem with, like, the family of, like, death, desire, whatever the hell all the rest of them are. I think they all start with D. But, because they want that D. Um, <laughs> those all stay the same. They don't, like, change it mid-story. Those are things that always bother me is when they try, when they change an artist in the middle of an arc. Yeah. And you're that can throw it off. It, it happens all the time uh, for, for sure. one reason or another. Sometimes it's just like the guy's on vacation and they got to use someone that like kind of draws like him. You and know? sometimes I think they're just like, yeah, that's cool. Like, go for it. And it's I'm like, no, dude, this sucks. This is not. Yeah. Or it could be even be like a, a person who's like, will be like, yo, like, I don't want to draw this title anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, can you get me off of this book? Yeah. Like, you, you get know? people who are drawing four or five books a month. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a lot of work, and it's like, yeah, we. And if you don't enjoy it, yeah, like fuck that. And especially when, yeah, if it's a book you don't care about, if you're drawing six books, you're like, I'm knocking it down to five. Well, Spider Man's notorious. People hated drawing Spider Man, all the little lines and shit oh, like that. Yeah. So like when they'd find people that actually enjoyed drawing him and were you know better better enough good at it, you're like, oh yeah, you're gonna be on this for a while. <laughs> yeah, you're now you right now you draw Spider Man, <laughs> you have fun. A lot of, what. Good topic. What are some of your favorite Spider-Man artists? Um, interesting question. So, if I, anyone stands out to you, I do like 
who the last one was let's see let me pull up a list here if I could just name people off the top, obviously Steve Ditko, just because he's the OG, the classic. And he, it's just, yeah, it's just so classic. And Todd he, McFarlane. Yep. Yeah, you can't forget him, of course. And then like John Ramita, uh, senior and junior. I was gonna say him. both on there ripped through it. One more. You know, um, briefly, uh, Jack Kirby drew him. Like not for a bunch, like but he would just run, draw him like randomly. Like I don't think, I don't know if he ever did a full up uh, book, a full story, but I've seen these Jack Kirby drawings of. Uh, Spider-Man, it's interesting, like, just like, the, you know, it's like his little, like, signatures, like, how it's, like, very, he has a very rounded head and shit like that, like. What was, what, f- oh, you know what, uh, Brian Michael Bendis. Okay. Is a classic, too. What did Frank Miller, what story did Frank Miller do for Spider-Man? Or he just drew on Spider-Man for a while. He drew? I didn't think he drew Spider-Man. I thought he maybe wrote, but I don't remember, you know, drawing for Spider-Man. We're going to him Daredevil because no one wanted Daredevil. Yeah, I mean... Dude, Daredevil's coming back in Spider-Man, and I promise you that. Oh, yeah? I fully believe... You think it'll show up in the multiverse? I think uh, we are going to get back our... um, We're going to get back Jessica Jones, played by Christian Ritter. We're going to get Daredevil back, played by the guy that played him. And then I think we're going to get John Bernthal back as the Punisher. Nice. Yeah, you got to have him. I think with a multiverse, those are three people that you can get. You don't need to get the dude that plays was Luke Cage is already on another show. Yeah, he's fine. Don't even worry about that. <laughs> Obviously, I heard Luke no Cage one got it, bad. Like it got really bad. Luke Cage just got weird. It felt like the story just started to fall apart. That's what I, yeah. That's what everyone's telling me. Like, dude, it is. It just it's nuts. But I think it was also hard because those shows knew they were on a sinking ship. They were the band playing on the Titanic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They knew that Disney bought, owned this shit. Netflix was losing the contract. And at that point, there's no way of foreseeing that, oh, yeah, I'm going to fight through. And maybe there'll be a chance Disney does a multivert. You know what I mean? Like To have that foresight would be insane. Yeah, it kind of it's a little over the top, yeah. Because you never really got into the... Netflix shows you said right no I've tried and I just like can't like you like Punisher and stuff I know I never I just can't get into them I don't know I've tried I've tried Daredevil so many times and I I mean I don't blame anyone it's there are parts of it where it's just bland it's such a background show like oh yeah and like and like I'm not looking for that like that's even just with TV shows in general lately I've been really into more like just kind of like mini series yeah like once it's over it's over like that clickbait show on Netflix was fantastic I don't know if you watched that someone else was it's just, just like a one off story it's eight episodes and it's no there's not gonna be a second season like you know that's why I kind of am enjoying a little bit about some of these Disney plus Marvel shows too okay like WandaVision I felt like. That's a singular story. Yeah, yeah. You know it, what I exactly. mean? Exactly. Like I get that Wanda's coming back and stuff. We tease that, but I don't think we're gonna get I don't need WandaVision too. No. You know, I don't really Bucky and Winter Soldier, sure, maybe. Well see, I think we could have just left Loki too. I don't really need a we season. We could have. We could have. But I I'm not mad about the second season. Not mad about that at all, actually. <laughs> you're very you're thrilled for I'm it. I'm all in. More yeah. Gator Loki. Gator Loki, yeah, he was the best, dude. But yeah, Frank Miller. Did he draw Spider- Spider-Man? I, I don't, don't think so. I, I think he might have just drawn like a couple copies. Ooh, who did this cover? This is a cool cover I got pulled up. Amazing Spider-Man 129. 
Do you, do you know what do you know what that is? First appearance of Punisher. And this is a John. Oh, this is a John Romita cover with the yeah. uh, scope on it. Um, yeah, that's yep. the one. That's the one. Dude, I didn't even have to. Gil King drew on this dude. book too. Yeah. Damn, there were some fucking real hitters. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? A lot of talented people wrote. Spider Man. Uh, yeah, Spider Man. Or Drew Spider-Man. Denny O'Neill. Yeah, I had a feeling he probably drew him, yeah. No, Denny O'Neill was a writer. Oh, I wonder if these are writers. Neil Adams did the the drawings. Mike Esposito. Joe Quesada. Dude. Was Spider-Man your number one, though? What? uh, Favorite hero? Yeah. For me, it was always Batman and Spider-Man. Those were always my two big ones, yeah. But that's why it's fun to go in and you know, get you know more familiar with some other you know titles. Like and then like, I was on a big you know I got on kicks. Like I was on a big Fantastic Four kick for a minute. I really I always was big X Men. Oh yeah, no, and absolutely X Men was sick too. But as far as like uh, like comics in general, like those are the ones I went for. I'm reading this awesome. Uh, it's a Walt Simonson run of uh, Fantastic Four. It was early '90s and. Uh, the volume I bought is actually right before he introduced uh, Mobius and the TVA. Oh, I was okay. hoping I was hoping that issue would be in there, but it was. It's like right before all that. But um, I don't know if you're familiar. Walt Simonson did a big run on Thor, a really popular run on Thor, in okay. like the like the three hundreds. Uh, it was in the eighties. Um, I mean, he drew like I think he did like 80, 80 books for them. Damn, dude. I feel like, he wrote, but he wrote and drew them. How long do you think it takes to do eighty books? This was years. This was over the course of a few years. Yeah. Because, yeah, what are you doing? 12 fucking books a year? Yeah. Yeah, he did it for a while. Maybe he didn't do 80. I thought it was like, it's. he did a lot. Walt Simonson did a lot of Thor. But this. Uh, but the big thing is he wrote and drew them. So, and oh, I'm pretty sure okay. that was the same case with these writer, Fantastic Four. Writer, I director. Up. Yeah, his, his, his uh, art style is very cool, very like wiry, like very kind of like thin type characters and long features. Yeah. I feel like those guys always figure out cheat codes oh, yeah. to drawing stuff. Yeah. Where they're like, yeah, we're gonna go about this way. It's gonna make it a fuck ton easier. Yeah, you, you, I mean, you develop a style. You gotta have a style, you know. It's like you know, like you know, a Jim Lee Batman when you see a Jim Lee Batman or an X Men character, yeah. you know. Oh, a hundred percent. I was just looking at speaking of X Men, which I brought up, the Grant Morrison <laughs> run of New X Men or whatever that was in like the early two thousands. E is for extinction. Grant, Grant Morrison, Batman. You said uh, X Men. X Men. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were you were talking about Dude, those. One of my favorites of all time, always. Um, I do want to get back to Doom Patrol, the show, though. Oh, at yeah. least. <laughs> is that we, what we're talking about? That's where we were last at. Um, How far are you in the show? So I'm kind of. I've very passively watched two seasons. Okay. But the first season has Alan Tunick in it. So, you know, it's a good start for any kind of Ooh. nerd culture. Alan Tunick is, damn, once, I know he was in the Firefly shit. He's a character actor that has been in so many fucking. Oh, he's an actor. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so it's this guy. Oh, him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's the man. I had a feeling that's who you were talking about when you said Firefly. Yeah, he, I mean, dude, this guy's. Batman. Oh yeah, because he's a big voice actor. Knight's too. Tale. <laughs> Knight's Tale. Yeah, he is. A big, yeah, he does voice acting and stuff. Yeah. This is twenty eight days later. Not twenty days later. Uh, twenty eight days. The, I mean, the rehab look, movie. 
Think about some some of these roles though. It's like you're on Harley Quinn, Rick and Morty, Curb Your Enthusiasm. That's awesome. Doom Patrol. It's a sick fucking career. The Tick. It's just young. Ju- you are Arrested Development. Every like cult following show. Yeah. You're just like, yeah, I dip my toe in the pool. He's a plumber actor, dude. He's out there working. I love that, but it's it's nice when those people are doing. I feel like when they get big roles, it never lasts. No. Because they, he was on a show called Powerless, that was a small run on NBC, based off of superhero, or based off the DC universe. But they worked for an insurance company, and no one had powers. And the ins- or the company they worked for was a subsidiary of Wayne Enterprises. Oh my god! So Alan Tunick was like the boss, and he would be on the phone. He's like. Trying to impress Bruce Wayne. And it's just, that was, it was so fucking bad. It had the, so the guy who played, um, who's a Danny Pooji. Okay. From Community. Right. Was in it as well. And it was just, it was a rough watch. <laughs> That's he, when they were really. He's kind of sh- cringe to begin with. Like, yeah, he. Community was such a perfect fit for him. Were you a big community person? I, I liked it. Yeah, I've seen a lot of them actually. It. I literally can't remember like one episode though. It's very much that way. Where if someone was like, name, name just three of the main characters, I'd be like, ugh. I don't know any of their names. Chevy Chase. Yeah, I don't remember any of their names. It would have. It would take me a while to sit and think. I can't even remember fucking Joel McHale's name on the show. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but you know what's funny is like people don't realize like that's where Dan Harmon made his money. Like oh once yeah! Once community got in, like syndicated, like he—I mean, he, obviously Rick and Morty's done—he's done very well with that. But that's where Dan Harmon made it, initially made his money. Yeah, Dan Harmon, and he did it with the Russo brothers. Exactly. It's fucking crazy, dude. Hollywood. Shout nuts. out Cleveland, dude. Russo brothers. Yeah, I mean, it's like, oh yeah, these guys are going to go on to make fucking the Avengers and Rick and Morty, like. And the Russo brothers, the, also- the merchandise off the, the merchandising off those two properties alone is like absurd. Oh. Absolutely out of control. <laughs> like you are making more money than God. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what else is Dan Harmon. Those are his two big ones. He's done some writing and producing, like you know, for like a lot of different things. But those are his two big cash cows for sure. Have you been? Uh, you still been watching Rick and Morty? Yeah, yeah. New season was pretty good. I don't, I, I don't think I watched the season finale, but I watched the new season. It was pretty good. It was good. It's still, it's still, it's still good. It, it will get bad at some point. I mean, I, it will because most shows do. And but that's what I'm almost waiting for. And I sound like the most fucking douchiest of douchebags <laughs> to say this, but you want I it want to it fail. to be dead so that way I can just watch it and enjoy it. And not have to hear about it. There you go. No, and just laugh at the jokes and not have to be like, oh, I just laughed at a joke. And this guy is literally doing crystal meth with a light, a Rick and Morty lighter. Because he's like, I'm such a Rick, dude. I, I, I made this. And you're like, <laughs> you're not a scientist, dude. You're a crystal you're, meth you're user. No, well, but it could end up like The Simpsons. Who fucking knows? You know, season thirty-three or whatever they're about to kick off. I, I could watch The Simpsons forever. Oh, for sure. But the so the thing with the the one, it's like after. I want to say they 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 pinpointed around like after season like sixteen or seventeen. They, the past like ten years of The Simpsons, they call it Zombie Simpsons 
Because it's literally just like them going through the motions. Like, yeah, just keeping up with pop culture. Like the, the episode, like they're not. There's really no substance to the episodes. They're, they don't. It's not. Um, it's still like culturally relevant, I guess, but it just doesn't. It's not right on the the nerve like it was in, yeah. the, in the mid to late nineties. And it probably just doesn't have the the people writing it probably just. I don't know. Writers any. are brutal these days, dude. Yeah, like some of them just suck. They go out of their way to like. I was gonna say reference they just things don't care. or yeah address issues like that's fine. There's a time and place for it. Like, but unless you're being very smart and tactical about it, just don't even bother. And I feel like just put it on your fucking Twitter. Trying to be more of a Family Guy approach to it, almost. Uh, sometimes yeah, like I've watched some of the newer ones. Like I actually did watch a season of The Simpsons like a year or two ago, and it was actually pretty decent. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, but like you know, it's I'm not gonna watch. I, you know, I fire up Simpsons on on. Uh, Disney Plus all the time. I'm watching the first like 14 seasons. Yeah. But after that, it's just like, eh. Like, I just. I know. I haven't made it to that point yet that I just want to see like some of Zombie Simpsons to the know Zombie that like, Simpsons, man. wow, it is that bad. But sh- some shows stay good. I don't really, I know I've mentioned Venture Brothers all the time on the show, but like, I was like j- waiting for the show to get bad. And I really, I honestly like each season more than the last. Like, the past season was my favorite season. I, I think you can get that though with certain shows. Like, a Curb Your Enthusiasm. People just have personal favorite seasons, yeah. and seasons are always just like good because they are not rushing it. It's not something that okay, we only have uh, JB Smooth for fourteen minutes today, and then he's got to go to another movie. Yeah, it's like yeah, we'll just wait five years for this to work out, and everyone just be cool with it. Exactly, and you're like, all right, cool. We're all just living. We have the time. Let's make this show. Well, there's a, the reason Venture Brothers was so great because it was literally two guys doing all, all the writing. Of it. All of it. It yeah. was insane. Like, and that's why it took so long to make. Uh, shout out Wizard and the Bruiser has a great podcast episode on the on Venture Brothers, and it's it's crazy that these two guys and they they were on such the same wavelength. Their their brand of comedy, the way their brains thought, were just they were like feeding off each other. Yeah, they knew what. It was pretty incredible. Like those those jokes. Seems so genuine. They seem like you're sitting around just goofing off with your buddy. Yeah. Because that's what it was. That's how they wrote it. Yeah, I mean, it probably was such a very freestyled form of like, writing Like, just the it. real small, like, like I appreciate the, the small little things. There's an episode where uh, 24 was like, or it's 21, is like, you, he's in this, like, tree house. And he's all bummed out because uh, 24 is di- dead. And he's trying to figure out who killed him. And uh, the monarch shows him his little treehouse, and he's got this like crappy little TV up in there. And he's like, "You want to watch Josie and the Pussycats with me? Slow mo, slow mo during the Rosario Dawson scenes, like because she's like super, super yeah. fucking stacked." Like I'm like, "Wow, that's just like really funny and like that's, immature, like but like yeah, it's the perfect amount of like extra joke that doesn't make it be like." gaudy it's just like such a perfect extra zing to like it. i would love to make like my screen name slow-mo the rosario dawson scenes yeah slow-mo <laughs> the rosario dawson scenes dude that's <laughs> that's uh that's a good one yeah dude um what uh what are we looking at time wise we got like 10 minutes we got, if you some, want. we got a little bit of time we got some time have you been I'm, reading anything or we, we never really finished on doom patrol we started talking about Doom patrol is good <laughs> It's a good show. You should watch it's it. It's watch on HBO. It. You should also watch Titans on HBO. I want to watch Modoc on Hulu now because I heard it's kind of like a robot chicken. Oh, is it? It seemed kind of silly. Yeah, I mean, I just like I dig that Patton Oswalt's on it. Which yeah, is dope. I think it's probably one of those robot chicken style because it's a very claymationy action figure yeah. thing. 
And yeah, it's just gonna have a great cast. I've seen some clips of it that are really funny where it's just, you know, them doing silly, goofy little vignettes and clips of shit that you're like, this rules, yeah. dude. So also wrapping up this episode, my whole <laughs> goal, if we if there was a goal, was to kind of highlight certain artists. And we did that uh, earlier with our Italian artist. Paul Brumani. Bruno Primani. I keep mixing up the P and the B. That's all right. He, Bruno Primanti. I think he's dead, so he won't mind. But <laughs> anyways, he was one I really wanted to highlight. He's terrific. And I also love when you pull up his picture on the DC database, it's a comic drawing of him. It's not actually him. Perfect. So he's who, a man of Maybe mystery. he wasn't even real. Who fucking knows? No, the covers of those comics, though, if you haven't seen them, you should definitely them check up, them out. Look up the Volume 1 Doom Patrol covers. I think he did all of them. They're like, very just outlandish, yeah. and I love it. And it's got that just awesome like 60s superhero comic book vibe. He was yeah. really good at drawing these heroes. This motherfucker was born in 1907. <laughs> Whenever someone's born back in a like single digit year, that's crazy. Oh, dude! Also, pretty landmark. He is a co-creator of Teen Titans, which we also just mentioned. Go watch Titans on HBO. Who else? Who else created them? Yeah, Teen Titans. Um, Wolfman, the Wolf Wolfster. That's a great question. Creators: uh, Bruno Haney. I'm sorry, Bruno Permani and uh, Bob Haney or Haney. Damn the wolf! Oh, maybe the Wolfman did fucking the second run of it. Probably of like in the eighties when it was real. Popular. When it was cool, yeah, people did yeah. that. Not that first stupid one dude. <laughs> with the children. I need to be teens. Yeah, be cool. I remember we highlighted one of those early Teen Titan books on our uh, Hundred Greatest Comics countdown. Oh, now, absolutely, now on Spotify. dude. We should um, should get another book. I liked the countdown we aspect. We definitely should. Um, also, guys, stay tuned. I'm, I've got some things in the works on our Instagram. I'm going to start putting up just some individual clips of the show. Oh, hell just some yeah. of our, our best ofs, if you our will. Our best ofs, Yeah, dude. I just found an app that makes it pretty easy to just take, take out snippets of the dude, podcast. and. I, I need to learn more about apps. Yeah, I don't know if it's an app. or I think it's a website. I haven't, I haven't dove, I haven't dipped my toes in yet. But. You've just taken a very uh, casual look at it. Taking a casual look, I've taken a ca- <laughs> above casual interest. So they will be coming. Uh, check out the Instagram for those little clips. Also, the last artist I wanted to highlight real quick when we were talking about preacher, uh, Glenn Fabry did the covers. They're beautiful painted Fa- covers, very Alex Ross style. If you're into that sort of thing, check out these covers from Preacher. Here's a sexy one for you, Pat. Lord Jesus. Is Lord that guy Je- a vampire? That's Lord Jesus. No, he's that's a, Lord he's Jesus. A, he's a pedophile, but close. He's a pedophile? <laughs> so he is a vampire. Yeah, like these storylines are crazy. He throws these wa- this guy throws these wild out- outlandish parties where there's just drugs and ridiculous, like weird sex. And then they find out there's a child involved and it, and then things get and then they beat the hell out of this guy. I think Jesse beats the hell out of him. Classic. But also one character I forgot to mention in Preacher who kind of steals the show is this Cassidy character who is a Irish vampire who's a hundred years old. That and I he's remember. Fucking dope. He's a really good character. I remember that from watching the pilot. Look at that cover. That's a good one. Yeah, the style of it, especially those ones done by old Fabby Boy. Fabby Boy, Fabry. Old fat old fabulous Fabry. Uh, look great. Like, like the muscle tone. They're very stylized. Like, they yeah. have good like that weird muscle look tone. Like, like arm muscles. Like yeah, dude, it's crazy. Yeah, where they have that uh, like ex. Fuck, 
I cannot think of a single I know, fucking word. I know word what word you're trying to accentuates think Accentuates the muscles yes. to such a degree that it almost looks grotesque. Yeah. It's almost just drawing the muscle this, and not even the skin over it. These Glenn uh, Fabry covers literally remind me. It's like literally like Drew Struzan meets Alex Ross. Because yeah. like, Alex Ross is obviously super... Uh, realistic but it still is comic book he's still drawing yeah. comic books yeah so but then you got drew struzan that's extremely realistic and he like meets right there in the middle in that perfect combination yeah, i really dig these covers man it'd be sick if the inside was done by glennie boy as well uh yeah i mean what's his face uh steve dylan i believe does the artwork um the, the art's really good too though and, and i always i like the artwork in preacher yeah and i think that it's the right amount that Sometimes having all that I don't need detail, it on every panel, yeah. <laughs> every detail, it kind of burns you out on it a little bit that you're like, dude, I don't really want to fucking deal with this. I agree. And uh, sorry we've been kind of slacking on the Patreon, Zach. But Zach, we're going to get to we'll you, get bud. You just keep paying me $3.50. I think it's... Oh, you dropped it on him? It went on an automatic drop. <laughs> Patreon was like you charging too much. Oh, because we're because we're not putting out enough content. Yeah, not enough content. I can't, I actually haven't even been to log in because I lost all my passwords. But we'll <laughs> we'll get it we'll get it all sorted out. We'll get you guys some new episodes. Yeah. But as always, thank you for listening. Thank you, Sean, for coming through. Thank and you. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Peace, y'all.